We'll get into the Carolina Hurricanes game five here in just a bit. We have some UNC stuff going on. I don't know. NBA more. Let's hit the daily check down. All right, NFL schedule came out yesterday. I didn't pay any attention to it because I was up there at PNC Arena stress-eating Cheez-Its and pretzels, watching the Carolina Hurricanes get that overtime win. But we have the schedule release. And a lot of teams, it's become a thing now with the social media posts about, all right, let's see you can have the fun, creative videos. Um, who can have the, I don't know, lean into stuff that's happening locally in their communities, but also stuff on the national scene. Has some inside jokes and some digs at some other teams. It was a lot of fun seeing some of the videos that these these franchises put out. I mean, the NFL somehow turned its schedule release, which we already knew all the teams that the Carolina yeah. Panthers were going to play. We knew that the, when they were, we knew they were going to play them home or away. The only thing we didn't know was the order of those games. We didn't know dates. And somehow the NFL has turned that into a week-long spectacle. Oh, they turned it into content creation. And and these social media accounts have done a great job. There's been some terrific ones over the years. I know that the Chargers uh, went back into the well for this anime The anime one. thing again. The one I found the best was the Tennessee Titans. They went and yes. interviewed people on the street in Nashville, showed them the logos of the teams they were playing, and had these... Uh, I guess people who have never turned on a television before. Well, I don't know. They're, they're, they're sports fans, but they knew who the Titans were. They did know who the Titans were. They knew were. the Titans were, but it they just did it was, not get any of the other teams correct. That's totally, but that's okay. <laughs> and that they, I'm, there's, I'm sure that people that did, I'm sure they got edited right, out, right. Uh, which is, which is un, to be expected. But they had fun with it. But if you haven't seen it, go, go watch it on the Tennessee Titans Twitter page. Uh, good stuff. My favorite, uh, the North Carolina Tigers. Yes, someone said the North Carolina Tigers referring to the they, – they showed them the logo of a team. They said, all right, what team is this? And they showed the Carolina Panthers logo, and someone said the North Carolina Tigers. Uh, the, the, which I'm like, hey, but you know what? At least they knew it was a cat. Right. And then at least they knew it was involved in the state of North Carolina. Not South Carolina, but North Carolina. They called the Falcons – somebody called them the Red Stallions, and the Falcons have now changed their Twitter handle to the Red Stallions. Which I so think is wonderful. Very clever stuff. Uh, it's the dead season of the NFL, but they still find a way to make us talk about the NFL every week, every day. The Carolina Panthers did a bit where it was J.J. Jansen, their long snapper, who was basically kind of running like bringing all these different talent for kind of like an America's Got Talent type thing. Uh, but they featured Brian Burns and some other players. They even had a call back to when Robbie Anderson uh, asked about Sir Purr, the mascot for the Carolina Panthers, and said, hey, what's that bear doing over there? They even actually had that. Uh, they had a reference to that in their in their video as well. Uh, so there's a lot of fun ones out there. The, the Jaguars did one. The where Jags were great. Basically saying the NFL is scripted and, and that they have a writer's room creating all of these events and sort, sort of like WWE or, or something like that. Sure. And it, it was great. I thought it was a little too long, but but you get the point. Um, all these teams. I mean, it's it's sort of like uh, the Super Bowl for the creative teams for all for all franchises. And they work on this stuff for a while, too, for a long, long time. Uh, so everyone has something a little bit different, uh, something fun unique uh and it's great so if you want to if you want to honestly if you want to kill an hour <laughs> go on twitter or instagram and look at each of these individual teams and just watch the stuff they did you can easily kill an hour. the one thing i like about the nfl schedule the nfl tells you who they think is going to stink 
The, the, oh, the, the yeah. The NFL tells they, you which teams they think are going to be terrible because yep. so much of the NFL is, is geared toward the primetime games and making sure you have good teams in these windows that the networks pay a lot of money for. Let me tell you, the four teams the NFL thinks is going to stink this year. Tell me. The Texans. Yeah. The Cardinals. Yeah. The Falcons. Yeah. And the Colts. Yeah. I could have told you that. And I believe that the Carolina Panthers play three of those teams. They play four games against the, those four teams. They play three of them because, of course, they play the Falcons twice. There we go. All right. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. NBA playoffs are in full swing in terms of they're in their conference semifinals. Teams are getting to the conference championship already. Much like we saw the Hurricanes get to game, uh, get to the conference finals by closing out their series yesterday, we saw the Denver Nuggets close out their series against the Phoenix Suns, winning that series four games to two. But let's be honest, it didn't seem like Phoenix actually had any sort of chance in that series. A Phoenix team that loaded up at the trade deadline with star players. But as we've seen in the NHL playoffs, I guarantee you squat. What I think is fascinating about the NBA playoffs is how many franchises this postseason is sort of a, a turning point for, a uh -huh. defining point for. I think we're seeing it with both the Lakers and the Warriors. If one of those teams, whichever of those teams goes out right now, is going to face huge question marks about how they move forward. Uh, the Celtics forced the game seven against the 76ers. They'll play that on Sunday. Whichever one of those franchises loses game seven in the second round, it's going to face huge, huge questions about what path they take going forward. Do they? Does James Harden leave? Does, do, do the Celtics have to break up the, the Tatum and Brown duo? Um, the NFL, much like we talked about, the NFL kind of forces drama all the time. The short contracts, the, the salary cap, um, the way players get old very quickly in the NBA sort of forces that these franchise-altering, franchise-defining playoff series all the time as well. One thing that I'm curious to see moving forward is are NBA teams going to be a little bit more reluctant to make these big-time trades? Yeah, we've seen how costly the, the Timberwolves trade for Rudy Gobert is already. Big time. I mean, they traded everything. They traded for, four first-round picks, I think? Yeah, a couple swaps, a couple of good players, including Walker Kessler, who – if you if the Timberwolves said, "Hey, we'll trade you Rudy Gobert for Walker Kessler right now, just those two, the the Jazz would not do that. Um, and and that doesn't even begin to get into all the draft picks we've seen. The Phoenix Suns traded everything they had for mm -hmm. for Kevin Durant. It earned them a second round exit. Um, some some of these teams have traded an awful lot and not gotten the reward that you want to get out of it. Um, that's kind of new owner, right? New owners in Minnesota made a big swing. New owner in Phoenix made a big swing. Uh, will teams be a little more cautious? The CBA is changing, it is. and it's going to be very punitive to teams that go over the, the second tax apron. Um, will teams be more cautious and try to build organically through the draft, through smaller trades, rather than send it out a, a decade worth of draft picks? Next up. One, two, three. UNC stuff? <laughs> I mean, we hear of NC State stuff. I'm using a stuff as opposed to another word. But we have seen now seven men's basketball players enter the transfer portal. That includes DeMarco Dunn, guard, who just entered the portal. Because the portal deadline to enter the transfer portal for student-athletes is, I think, it's now officially closed. Right. That's correct. But he jumped in there last minute. Now... Just because you go into the transfer portal doesn't mean you can't come out in terms of you can, for example, Dunn can come back to North Carolina. Just because you enter, that doesn't mean you have to go. But 
to give yourself the option to go somewhere, you have to go into the portal. Right, and 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 very few players re- return. Very back. very few <laughs> return back, and I imagine Carolina knows what they want to do with that scholarship already. We say North Carolina, NC State stuff, and I think uh, yesterday we got another example of NC State stuff at, at the hands of their rival UNC. UNC's baseball team. Uh, has a whole bunch of players suspended for a little incident that they had with Gardner-Webb earlier this year. Yeah. They go f- down 5 nothing to NC State in the first inning last night. You might have missed this in, in watching the Canes. Yeah. UNC comes all the way back, wins the game on a suicide squeeze in the bottom of the ninth inning. So so even a depleted Carolina baseball team still finds a way to, to beat NC State. Uh, NC State kind of on the bubble when it comes to the NCAA baseball tournament. Uh, they've got two more games, UNC versus NC State, in Chapel Hill tonight, tomorrow. Those games are sold out. College baseball about to hit. You know, the, the uh, ACC championships are in Durham at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Uh, we're just two weeks away from that. And then, of course, the NCAA tournament. You're about to see a whole lot of softball and baseball on, on ESPN here in the next month. Yes, that you are. <laughs> and I, All right, so to the suspensions real fast. So earlier this week, Gardner-Webb was at North Carolina for a midweek game. And Gardner-Webb was up 4-3 in the seventh inning. Pitcher for Gardner-Webb strikes out a player for UNC to end the seventh inning. And as he's walking off the mound towards his dugout, very jacked up, very excited. Got no problem with that. Kind of flexes a bit. Not not kind of. He does. He flexes a bit. But you can tell it was directed towards the batter he just struck out for North Carolina. And said some stuff in that direction. Batter for North Carolina did not like it. Dropped the bat to the ground, slammed down his helmet, started walking very briskly towards <laughs> the Gardner Webb pitcher, and a bunch of people stepped in. But here's the thing: players did come off the bench. Players did, you know, uh, leave the dugout. Things along those lines. So sometimes in those cases, automatic suspension. It's just, it's a cut and dry rule. Now we haven't heard how many players suspended, but. Over the next last five games of the season, several players for UNC basketball are going to have to serve a one-game suspension. And it clearly has to be a lot because they have to basically just aggregate these and like spread them out over these last five games. Because otherwise, you look in that, you you wouldn't have enough players to play right, for right. one game. They all started at the same time. These suspensions came from the NCAA, and I think it's automatic, right? You leave the dugout, you leave the bullpen, you're suspended for a game. Enough guys did that. Multiple players have been suspended, and, and they're all, they'll each serve a one-game suspension, but they can't all do it at the same time. Yep. So that's why you've got five games. Uh, the regular season ends next week. Uh, North Carolina is uh, plays Clemson next week in the mm-hmm. final week of the regular season. Um, they look like they're they're in solidly in the NCAA tournament. NC State probably needs a couple of more victories down the stretch uh, to feel good about their chances. And, of course, they got left out of the tournament last year. Uh, which was a pretty controversial decision. And so I'm sure NC State doesn't want to get left out of it again, I think, again this year. I think they were the 65th team out of a field of 64. And, and, and one more big thing on college. The ACC meetings are next week yes. in Amelia Island, uh, Monday through Wednesday. I think we're going to hear a lot. Uh, not sure that there's going to be a ton of decisions. Of course, we're waiting to see if there's a decision about conference revenue and how that gets distributed to all the teams. Certainly, we've heard Florida State and Clemson, to a certain degree, angling to get that revenue model changed so they can get a little bigger portion of mm-hmm. the money that the ACC gets. The backdrop of this, of course, the SEC and the Big Ten have, have just raced past the ACC when it comes to revenue. Yeah. Um, and we've got this big realignment. Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. 
USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten and and certainly all eyes on the ACC. Can they keep the league together or will it be the next conference that gets poached at some point by these monster Power 2 conferences? It's going to be hard to poach teams because for those who don't know, when these ACC schools signed what they call a grant of rights agreement with the conference, so your media rights are owned by the ACC in the sense of whatever money you generate from like a national TV broadcast or whatever it is, that that belongs to the ACC. So, for example, if North Carolina got picked up by the SEC and they're getting $70 million or whatever it is, all that money now has to get funneled back to the Atlantic Coast Conference through the year 2038. That's So, North Carolina doesn't see a dime of that. They basically just pass the check on to the ACC. So, it doesn't financially benefit any school to leave unless the unless that conference was willing to, hey, we're going to basically, we'll pay your tab and still give you the 70 or however many million dollars. I don't see a conference willing to do that. No, not right now. And that's why I think most people think at least through 2030, the ACC is, is stable. They're held yeah. together by that grant of rights. But... And even if they are, even if teams can't get out of that grant of rights, and you know everybody is studying that contract to find out if there's a way out. Even if I think we would have found out by now. Even if they're bound to that grant of rights, I, I don't think that's going to stop the Florida States and the Clemsons in particular of the world from complaining at every turn about the well, ACC and about how they're falling behind their conference, their, their in-state rivals that are in the SEC. And I don't think it's going to stop all the speculation by, by all the national media and others about who's going to join the Big Ten, who's going to join the SEC, what the next moves are. And, and it's tough to operate a conference if you're the ACC with that backdrop, with everyone talking about your imminent demise in the next decade or the next 15 years. I, I don't see it. I don't see a demise happening for the ACC. I just don't see that happening at some point. There are other ways to generate revenue other than your TV deal. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. Speaking of money, uh, when uh, when are we getting uh, sports betting and casinos? <laughs> well, maybe casinos the, here in the state of North Carolina, outside of tribal lands. When maybe, that happen? Maybe the ACC can open its own casino. And that, Yo, that can... <laughs> let's go. Hey, honestly, ACC Caesar's Palace. Let's go. <laughs> this is kind of complicated. Put it in Greensboro, right? This is a little complicated, but uh, sports gambling has passed the House of Representatives here in the state. Mm-hmm. Mobile sports gambling. Uh, will be taken up likely by the Senate uh, soon. And when I say soon, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Uh, legislature is really starting to move right now. The bigger issue uh, for gamblers, I would guess, is that there are casinos popping up on the Virginia border uh, with North Carolina, including one in Danville that will be open on Monday. They're this tem- coming Monday. This coming Monday. This Caesars, coming Monday. Virginia in Danville, Virginia will open. Uh, you'll be able to play sports bets there. You'll be able to okay. play table games there. Vegas-style casino in Danville, Virginia. All right. A short drive from Greensboro, a short drive a little longer, but still a short drive from Raleigh and the Triangle. From Raleigh, looking at hour 15, hour and 30 minutes. And legit, that's it. And so this has caught the attention, as you might expect, of North Carolina lawmakers who say, wait a second, Uh, a lot of their revenue is going to come from the state of North Carolina, people that live in the state of North Carolina. Maybe more importantly, uh, people that live in North Carolina may go over the border and work at that casino and have some jobs over there. And so as as the Senate releases its budget next week, I'm on the lookout to see if casinos, non-tribal casinos, are included in there. It's a possibility that they'll okay three or four casinos around the state, not in Wake County. Don't get your hopes up. Oh, come on. But in, in sort of places that need economic development um, and, and places strategically that may keep people from going to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that that is what I'm on the lookout for next week. Next week could be a huge week when it comes to gambling in the state of North Carolina, when it comes to casinos, possibly uh, video lottery terminals in, in yeah. bars and restaurants, and then, of course, mobile sports gambling. So I thinking out loud on that to prevent people from going into Virginia to, to do that, because if you're in Greensboro, if the closest one is in Danville, okay, well, that's, that's, that's the one I'm going to go to. Uh, even if there's one nearby, I think strategically one in like the Salisbury area uh, would actually make a, make a lot of sense because you're halfway between Charlotte and Greensboro. So you get people that come from the Mecklenburg County and traveling up, you know, from, from Charlotte, Concord, Kannapolis, that, that area, Lincolnton can, can go to, can go to Salisbury. And the same thing coming down from the triad as well, coming down from high point Greensboro, that area makes sense to me. Um, what about an area like, Sanford, Lumberton, because now you're hitting the Fayetteville and the Triangle. Yeah, th- those are the those are the four largest areas in the state. There's been a study done uh, that that looked at certain counties to put this in Rockingham okay. County, which is 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 right there by Danville. You may have casinos yeah. on both sides of the border. That's fine. Uh, Nash County uh, in Rocky Mount, you know where you get the, the not just a, east of the Triangle. Yeah, not a very far drive from the Triangle. Maybe in the northeast corner of the state, uh, which hasn't done very well economically. Like um, a Roanoke Rapids right. or Elizabeth City, something like that. Yeah, and then I think you look at maybe the southeast portion of the state. Now, certainly that area is growing around Wilmington and Brunswick County, but maybe you move it inland a little bit. Like Pender County. Right, and and you're trying to – you, you got to think like a state lawmaker, right? When, they, oh, when yeah. they talk about conference realignment, they say think like a college president. When you're thinking about these casinos and these gambling laws, think like a lawmaker. As much as they care about the revenue generated from this, they yep. also care about the economic development. Where can we put jobs? Where are parts of the state that are that are hurting for jobs, hurting for population? Think about some of those places when you think about where they might put a casino. Let's get to our top story. You can bet on Jesper <laughs> Faust winning games in overtime because he did it again. Second time this playoffs, Jesper Faust scored a goal in overtime to give the Carolina Hurricanes a win. This time it clinched the series against the New Jersey Devils 3-2. Our friend Adam Gold, who hosts the Adam Gold Show from noon to 3 right here on 99.9 The Fan, also hosts of Stormwatch and Aftermath, gives us two minutes of gold. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys and girls, I've got two minutes. Thanks to our friends at Dysart Willis, high stakes litigation and defense, DysartWillis.com for this. Now Code Kaniemi, top of the right circle. His shot, they score! Yes, Burt ends it! Carolina going to the conference finals! The Canes win it! Yes, that was Jesper Faust using whatever part of his body, his pants, his thigh, I don't know. He deflected Jesperi Kotkaniemi's shot in at 12.51 of overtime as Rod Brindamore and company for the second time in these playoffs advance with an overtime goal. I enjoy it for them. It's really, that's why I love about coaching. It's, I've been there and played, and so I had that. And, and now you're, you know how exciting it is as a player now to get to see these guys enjoy it. Oh, man, it gives me chills. Like, I, I had to play it back, and I play it back so I can hear the crowd. And, like, you know, we just did it in there because it's that's what it's about. And you just see the, these guys remember that forever now. Like, Piggy's got two of them already this series or in, in these playoffs. Like, you know, 20 years, he's going to remember that. It's, it's just walking down somewhere, and he'll, you know, some might say something, and it, you never forget that. So we're stacking memories here, and they're giving them to me too. So um, it's 
pretty special. Jesper Foss will never buy another drink in this town. And now, without Max Pacioretty, without Andrei Svechnikov, without Tavo Teravainen, although Teravainen should be back at some point during the Eastern Conference Finals, that's where Carolina is, in spite of all the personnel deficiencies. I guess Rod Brindamore is doing something right. I don't think you can understate it, you know, with the guys we have missing and just... I don't know how many teams that you miss a whole top line out would be able to kind of trug along the way we are. And, but it says a lot to these other guys that now are getting some credit. But if you don't have them, you have no chance. And um, yeah, I'm just really proud of the group. That's, a, that's it. I mean, I'm an old guy sitting behind the bench and just watching this and enjoying watching how hard everybody's working and together, right? It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a great group. Yep, somehow the Hurricanes have managed to win enough games on the road, three out of five, 60%, which is basically what the rest of the league is this year on the road. And now they get to wait and see what happens with Toronto and Florida. Hey, if the Panthers win tonight in Toronto, it'll be Florida and Carolina. Rod Brindamore versus the first coach he played for with the Hurricanes, Paul Maurice. And if it's Toronto, well, it's going to take a long time to get there. So we'll just sit back, kick our feet up, maybe grab a beverage, and enjoy it. Two minutes. Thanks to our friends at Dysart Willis. Defending people the right way, DysartWillis.com. Big thanks to Adam Gold for two minutes of gold. And something Brian Murphy that stuck out to me about that, as well as what Rod Brindamore said postgame, was we had a moment last night. And so many parts of our lives our lives as a whole are shaped by moments whether it's as a sports fan where we get to experience something like we saw last night or maybe you're a Canes fan experiencing 2019 uh, where the Canes got back to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years or being in the arena when they played against the the Washington Capitals Uh, those kinds of moments or even just in our, our personal lives outside of the sports I remember my first date with my girlfriend. I, I'm sure you probably remember like when your kids were born. Like those those kinds of moments always stand out to us. And they again they shape our lives in so many in so many different ways. And last night as a as a fan, we got that moment because it happened at PNC. And we all got to experience it. We're all feeling the excitement today. Like, hey, we're one step closer to a Stanley Cup. That's awesome. You know, sports are made up, right? They're 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 fake, not not in the sense that they're fake? not they're not not fake in the sense that they're not real. Like obviously, okay. but they're they're there for they're made up, right? Somebody created this game, sure, yeah, and and it and it's there for entertainment. And what increasingly it's there for is is to create those kind of memories, mm-hmm. right? That's the reason you're a sports fan is yeah. because you got emotionally attached to a team, whether you know through your family or through your place of birth or through where you went to school and and the whole point the whole reason you root for that team or follow the team is is to create these memories uh-huh. and, it, and that's why i think first number one that's why people love sports so much because it, it creates memories both good and bad yeah happy and sad um but they really that's why they exist they exist to give us those kind of moments and to give us that kind of entertainment that will is something that we can pass on to to our friends or our family or our children and and last night for a lot of people in in this area we got another one of those memories and and if this team continues to win there'll be more memories created Let's turn to my man, Chris Lee, WREL Sports, down there live in Charlotte from Carolina Panthers rookie minicamp. All right, the question that I need to know, 
I'm sure Panthers fans out there need to know this as well. Are they already making Bryce Young's bust for the Hall of Fame? Is he is he that level already? I gotta know <laughs> this, Chris. Come on, is he the Hall of Famer? You know what? He he's uh, he's got Hall of Fame tendencies right now, and he's I got like Hall it. of Fame practice. That's on that's on track. I've I have covered rookie minicamps before. I've covered OTAs and other things here for the Carolina Panthers before, and um, every time it's pretty safe if you're the media to set up maybe an hour beforehand, sometimes even only 30 minutes beforehand, and catch all the players walking in, getting ready for practice. I was set up an hour before practice was set to set uh, start. Bryce Young was already on the field with most of the offensive players uh, running through drills more than an hour before practice was set to begin. So, like, he's already taking control of the locker room, some of the guys that he will be playing with, and some of the guys that are looking to try to make the team. And uh, he's doing a great job so far, and he's he definitely uh, throws a pretty accurate ball. We saw that uh, all day today here at practice. Chris, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, rookie minicamp. I mean, what what are we really seeing down there? How, how many of those guys are, are going to make the team, and what is this about? I mean, is it getting Bryce just sort of familiar with the offense? What What's the point of all of this uh, rookie minicamp? Yeah, so most of the players uh, probably won't make the team here. Uh, this is pretty much the, the, the five players that were drafted for, for the Panthers. Also, the I think it was like 12 or 13 undrafted free agents that they signed after the draft. And then it's a bunch of tryout guys. And honestly, this is one of the lightest uh, rookie minicamp rosters I've seen uh, from the Panthers in a while. They didn't want to overcrowd it. They just wanted guys that they felt like, uh, and this is Frank Wright's words, guys they felt like could uh, potentially – uh, push to make that 90-man roster and maybe even make a push for the 53-man roster. So they feel like they got a lot of quality guys in here. Um, out of everybody that was here in, in rookie minicamp, uh, more than likely just the five guys and maybe a, a couple of undrafted free agents are probably going to be the ones that make it. Um, but what this is is really uh, an opportunity for the, the Panthers and uh, the rookies to kind of get a head start on the playbook before OTAs and minicamp and training camp begins so that they're not overwhelmed with this new profession of theirs. Uh, and then it's also an opportunity for guys like Emeka Amizi, Austin Prohl, and other uh, folks like Cameron Peoples from App State, uh, guys like that. It gives them an opportunity to try out, get a look on them, and, and potentially a chance to make that 90-man roster. Chris Lee, WREL Sports, live from Charlotte, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group hotline alongside Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you. All right, you, you talked about the work ethic of Bryce Young. Who else out there stood out? Jonathan Mingo, second-round pick. How did he look with Bryce Young catching passes from him? I'll be honest. I, I spent most of my attention on Bryce Young because at WRL, I have the camera. I was here solo. We're going to need the photos and the videos That's of, fair. Uh, of Bryce Young. Well, Bryce Young, but future Hall get, of Famer, but yes. I, I did get a chance, though, to watch Chandler Zavala okay. uh, out of NC State, um, fourth-round pick for the Carolina Panthers, and his work with the offensive line. And um, while he wasn't one of the biggest guys out there uh, today, he was definitely moving guys around and out. And this wasn't with pads. This wasn't like full speed. But and sometimes in just half speed, you can really see the power that somebody has. Chandler Zavala has absolute power, and you, he's here for a reason. And I, I feel like he's gonna, uh, you're going to see him on the rotation on the offensive line and maybe even cracking the starting lineup depending on the health of Austin Corbett and um, also Brady uh, Christensen at the beginning of the season because he plays guard, those guys play guard, and, you know, he's, uh, he's already looking really good so far. Chris, you said you spent most of your time watching Bryce Young, which, which makes total sense. 
what did you see? You mentioned his accuracy, certainly his preparation, but but what did you see out of him? And certainly, I think the, the biggest question is his size. What, what does he look like when he's out there with, with other prospective NFL players? I'm going to be honest. I didn't even really notice how small he is until we got to the press conference afterwards when you were a little bit closer and you see like, oh, he's not that much taller than me. And, um, you know, I'm only 5'9", he's 5'10". And, uh, you know, I weigh more than him. I'm like uh, like 215 right now, and he's probably 190, if that. Uh, that's not that's the only time I noticed it. Out there on the field, he looked like he belonged. Um, and it's, it's something about the way he plays. Some guys play small. Some guys play big. Um, and I feel like Bryce Young kind of plays big. And, and that's what I saw. Now, again, uh, I, I wasn't watching big Brian Burns, a six-foot-five defensive end coming after him. Yeah. Um, these are just, you know, uh, half-speed drills. But uh, his, his size, he didn't look like he um, didn't belong today when it came to his size. Chris Lee, WRL Sports on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. NFL schedule release was yesterday. I'm looking forward to the Monday night game, week two, because I think it's an opportunity for Carolina Panthers as a team as well as Bryce Young to showcase their talent. That's the game I'm looking forward to most. What about you? Um, definitely looking forward to that game. The Carolina Panthers hadn't been uh, in a Monday night game for five years. Yeah. And uh, before that, in that last Monday night game was against the Saints. Uh, so it's a, a chance to have a divisional opponent um, and plus the, um, the home debut of Bryce Young. But I'm also excited about that Thursday night Bears game. Uh, that's going to be a big time game. And you have some former Carolina Panthers up there with the Bears. They're probably going to want to get a little bit of revenge. And then also I'm interested in seeing what happens. Uh, with that Indianapolis uh, Colts game um, when they host the Colts. I can't remember which week that was, but I, I remember it was like either midway or later on in the season. So um, it is uh, Frank Reich's former team. So uh, those are a couple of the matchups I'm definitely looking forward to. Chris, real quick here, sw- settle a debate here between me and Dennis that we had earlier. He thinks this is a playoff team. He thinks that that's a reasonable expectation yeah. for the for this team. I say if you if you learn this season that Bryce Young is your starting quarterback going forward, that is good enough for this season. Where do you fall on the spectrum there? I agree with both of you, but I think that uh, for sure a reasonable expectation is a playoffs for this team. They just missed out on it last year with an interim head coach and a bad head coach and without a solid uh, quarterback situation. Now they have a solid quarterback situation, a better receiving room, uh, better running, running back room, better tight end, um, and a better offensive line. Like, and, and a worse division. Tom Brady's not even in the division mm-hmm. anymore. They have worse quarterbacks in the division. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, um, you know, are, are you, should you count on a rookie quarterback to get there? Maybe not. Um, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they get there. And to me, with what they have set up, they probably should make the playoffs. That's Chris Lee. He's got my back. WREL Sports. <laughs> have a safe trip back from Charlotte, my man. Really do appreciate it. For sure. See you guys. Chris Lee on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline.